I'm Karen Hall, your host of the Hero Within podcast. I'm passionate about sharing inspiring true stories of unsung heroes who've overcome some of life's most challenging adversities. Come along with me and learn how you too can find hope and healing to return to love. If you haven't heard part one of Mitochondrial Miracles, be sure to listen to Becky Belknap describe the adversities that she's experienced. In part two, Becky continues her story and shares the gifts she has received in her adversity that she feels couldn't have come in any other way. So now I look back and think the exercise is 50% for my heart and 50% for my head. And so that really helped. And that ended up being a really good routine that I just felt good about myself. And when you feel good about yourself, it's amazing how it opens a good pathway. Yeah. And it's interesting because the exercise is something you can control in your situation and being able to control the body. And we find that with the neural pathways, a lot of times when those thoughts of anxiety are going on, that when they just keep repeating and looping through the head, that it takes moving the body to be able to change that neural pathway. And so I think that's fascinating that you learned that before science. Yeah. And then you find out it's really the most underutilized antidepressant because I really think that that is what has curbed even other things. You know, having sick kids is also hard and addiction has really plagued a lot of people that I love in my life. And life is just hard. And like we said, just seeking relief from that pain or whatever that pain is. And when something is out of control in our life. I think that's a lot of times when we do seek that relief because we can't get relief from that thing that's going on. And sometimes there's this angst that we can feel about that thing. We just want it to change so bad. And it's really fighting against reality. So that's where the addictions can often come in because finally I can get a moment of relief. And then my brain's like, yeah, ooh, that opioid was good. Let's try it again. It's like Satan's counterfeit. Absolutely. With your work with public health, if you were talking to somebody that you loved and cared about and was struggling in this way, and they were feeling like there was no hope, what would you say to them with this combination of this spiritual strength that you have and the experiences that you had of being strengthened by the Lord with also your scientific knowledge now? Gosh, that one's tricky. Feeling no hope is a hard one would almost wonder if they would need some clinical help. And I definitely don't feel qualified, but we all have had adverse childhood experiences and everybody has those. Yeah. When we go deep and realize that maybe some of the choices that we have made are actually related to that hard thing that has happened, you know, sometimes we need to give ourselves some grace And to know that the Lord really can heal us. He can heal our wounds. We just have to take baby steps and doing something that we know has worked before. Maybe a walk around the block, a podcast that we love that's uplifting, certain things that we know have helped before, like healthy ways to cope. Maybe a journal. Maybe you find that if you can write it out, 
then you can understand maybe your thoughts and feelings better. But of course, the Lord, and it takes time to trust, to have that relationship with the Lord. It doesn't just happen. It takes effort. Yeah. It's interesting because with those adverse childhood events, we didn't have control many times over those things that had happened if we were subject to abuse from someone in our life. And then we can't change that thing that happened to us. And that has affected us so deeply. Maybe we just have a hole in our heart where we feel unloved or we feel unworthy or that thing has caused us to feel deep shame. And then we feel alienated from other people. And so then that self-image that we have of ourselves is carried Mm -hmm. into our life as an adult. And we carry those emotions forward with us. How can that be healed? Because it feels like that childhood experience has affected us so deeply, maybe even every cell in our body. Yeah. I think that many times with the addictions and different things, just trying to cope on a day-to-day basis to just feel better. And I think it has such a deep impact on our life as an adult. And many times it's difficult finding the resources and finding the help. It's difficult to feel strength from the Lord. Yeah. And it's hard to find somebody who has a trauma background. And so it's kind of the same like me trying to find doctors to know how to help my kids. And there's so much trial and error and it's so frustrating, but I trusted the Lord that he could get me hooked up with the correct doctors. And we did. And so that same thing can happen. And I do think that people that have experienced a ton of horrible abuse, or maybe they have an ACE score that's like above four or five, that counseling is really important. Love how you said that because it requires so much persistence to find the match that works for us. That counselor may not have been a match. You know, I've, I've experienced that where, yes, where I talked to a certain counselor and I thought that just did not resonate with me. And that person mm-hmm. really does not understand what I'm going through. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you then, just got to keep trying with Nephi. He didn't know how he was going to get the plates from Laban. He kind of just had to take a leap of faith <laughs> and keep yeah. trying. Well, now we've lost everything. And now my brothers are hitting me. And now... <laughs> I'm just going to walk into the city and see. <laughs> not knowing beforehand what, what yeah. I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, not knowing, but at least trusting that the Lord was going to open some doors. I love that because it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of persistence and faith to keep trying, to keep taking that baby step forward. And so what do you feel has given you the ability to have courage and to have that persistence, because I feel like you probably do have a gift of faith, but you had to nurture that faith. And I know with your morning routine and your exercise, you were doing those things to stay close to the Lord. What else do you think has helped you to find that inner strength? Well, one thing, I think that the Lord has just given me thoughts. So the first one was maybe you should start running. And then I was in state conference and our state president said, you know, the first thing in the morning, you should drop and do 20. And at the time I was already waking up at 5 a.m. to meet. And so I thought I could wake up at 4.40 and it just wasn't enough time to read like a whole chapter and to say my prayers. So I started waking up an hour earlier. And I think just that quiet hour in the scriptures, a lot of my thoughts happened there. Yeah in that process. And it's hard 
And then, I mean, it, it takes effort and I'm tired. I don't really like it. The first five minutes I've found are the worst. And it's just like running. Like the first mile is the worst. We all feel horrible. It doesn't matter if you're this big marathon runner or not. It just takes a while for the heart to get pumping and get all the blood where it needs to be. You know, (laughs) I love that you point that out because it does feel awful. And I always say the worst part is getting to the gym or something. Yeah, all of that. Just the first five minutes waking up. But I have never felt when I get done exercising or when I get done reading the scriptures, I have never thought, well, dang, why did I do that? It was always, if I don't get up, that's when I'm like, well, darn, why didn't I do that? (laughs) But then little things happen. Once I was running one morning and the thought came, Hey, if you can wake up to go exercise at five, you could probably wake up to go to the temple at five. And then I think it was like a 2012 is when I started going to the Friday morning, early morning session. And that was just a real blessing in my life. So I don't know what has helped me have the effort. I think it's Mm -hmm. obviously the spirit, but all these little things that I know if I take this effort, it's going to bless me. And it's been like that in everything. And so now when I'm struggling, one thing I've not been disciplined in is eating healthy. I'm just not a good eater and I've never stuck to anything. And so when I'm dealing with things like that, I'm like, you know what? It just takes a little bit of effort and you're going to feel good about it. You know what I'm saying? It can roll over to different aspects of our life. You know, yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing because when you can look back and say, I was successful in the effort in this way, then mm-hmm. it is like momentum that then you say, oh, well, I could do that thing. And so I'll, I think I can do this other thing too. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's nice. You know, it's nice to be like, well, first of all, cause none of us are good in every aspect of our lives. Some things work really good, but then to just use those same tactics to be like, okay the Lord blessed me here. So I think he can bless me in this area too, (laughs) to be a little better. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you bring that up because really you're offering grace to yourself to not be so hard on yourself in this area where you do struggle. I think that's a beautiful thing because it's one thing to offer grace to other people, but then to offer grace to yourself is really a form of self-love in a holy way where we're recognizing that's okay, that we do struggle. I love how you say that because I think in our culture, in the church, even as women, we just expect perfection from Mm -hmm. ourselves. And then we're really hard on ourselves when we're not good at something. And so I'm grateful. Well, I know it's just taken age and sometimes I fight with it, but I'm tired of not liking me. I'm tired of being disappointed in things that I do and the ways that I fall short. And today I'm just going to try to be a little bit better than I was yesterday. Right, right. Oh, that's (laughs) all I have to do. (laughs) And that is an interesting thing too, because sometimes when we have a loved one that is struggling, maybe we have a strength in that area where they struggle and it's not an area where we struggle. And so I think that's oftentimes a very difficult challenge because for us, it might seem easy, but to them, that might not be the easy thing. Yeah. And we have this life and even the millennium to work 
towards that, just practicing to be better every day. Oh, that's beautiful because I love that. I love that concept. This life is a workshop. Yeah. And, and we're not expected to figure every single thing out <laughs> yes. right now. We are practicing. Are there any other scriptures that have just resonated with you where you just felt that strength? I love the scripture in Mosiah 319, because this is also one that helps me. The natural man is an enemy to God. You know, that sometimes when I make mistakes, I just need to realize that I have to submit to the Lord to be better. (laughs) And that my natural instinct is to not be the best, to be an enemy, but that I have become submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, all of those things like a child. And so that is one that's good. And I thought this one was really good. I just read in Mosiah 7, 33. This has always been really a strong one for me. But if I'll turn to the Lord with full purpose of heart, with real intent and putting your trust in him and serving him with all diligence of mind, if you do this, he will, according to his own will and pleasure, deliver you from bondage. So I do love that one when people are struggling with an addiction or just anything that they feel like they're in bondage. Yeah. I think that when I read about the bondage, I thought even anxiety can feel like bondage. You know, it doesn't have to be a substance that is controlling us. Yeah. So I appreciate you bringing that up because many times people read that scripture and think, well, that applies to them. It applies to each one of us, whatever it is that holds us back. Yeah. And even like I thought at one time that scripture meant to me financial bondage because I felt like that. And I just had this feeling like the spirit told me, let's see if you could go a whole year without buying any new clothes. Sometimes if I'm feeling down about myself, instead of turning to a beer, (laughs) I would sometimes go shopping of my thing. And I remember the Lord strengthened me and I went a whole year in 2013 without buying any new clothes or anything. And it was so neat because I was realizing all my same friends liked me. They were okay that I was wearing the same clothes. (laughs) The Lord still loved me. My children still loved me. My husband still loved me. You know, I didn't to be always all decked out. So bondage can be so many things. Yeah. So the other thing that I I wanted to ask you is because when you feel like you're the only one that's dealing with this thing and having such a rare genetic disorder could feel very alienating because who understands? I don't understand, but I haven't gone through that. And so there can be such a lonely feeling when you're Mm -hmm. dealing with something. And even if you're dealing with something that other people are dealing with, I still can feel alienated because I don't know that they understand me or my experiences or the way that I deal with it. And so whatever it is, it's interesting how I think that's one of the things that causes so much pain is that loneliness and that disconnection. And so I think everybody would love to connect with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the connection comes when you know that the Lord knows exactly how you feel. Thank you. Thank you, you for know, bringing that there up. Because is that. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you so much for saying that because the Lord knows everything and he has felt what we have felt in whatever way because of the atonement. And I think when we do feel that lonely feeling that we feel like nobody understands to know that he understands and yeah. 
And he's our best friend. Yeah, That's- he is our best friend and he will never leave us. He just stands there and waits for us to have us come walk in his life. I love this new primary song. And it says that if I will walk with Jesus, he will walk with me. And I love it. I just love it. And when we choose to have Jesus be a part of our day, he will be. That painting where he's knocking on the door, he's Mm -hmm. always knocking. His arms are always extended. He's waiting for us. He's right there saying, always here with you. Hearing that song, you feel the spirit reassure you again. Yes. Every time you hear that. Yeah, I love that. Are there any any other songs or or quotes or things that give you that reassurance? I love music. I have found for me, the way the spirit speaks to me is through music. And if I'm having a down day, or just feeling just that void, I can just turn on certain songs. I can listen to the Tabernacle Choir. I love primary songs and I love hymns. And that is my quick fix. Because the song contains words that are true. Sometimes they even have scriptures in those songs. And when you hear a song, like Lauren Daigle, when she sings that she's not alone. And there are certain songs when they speak truth, that resonates with you. And I think it's interesting too, because those intrusive thoughts can come to us that are negative, that are painful. And when we have true thought that's uplifting, so it's almost like a shower yeah. washes the dirt away. Yeah, totally. That's so true. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love those tools that you use. And I love the way that you are able to even just remember, because so many times when we are under stress and we are in deep pain, we can't remember. Yeah, that is so true. Another button is the prayer of gratitude. If I'm having a bad day and sometimes you just can't even feel one good thing, but then you start and then I realize, oh, look at all these doctors in my life and look at this blessing. And then there's just so much and I end up just like the Lord is there. And if I could just be reminded with this prayer of gratitude, it just honestly makes me feel so much more happy. Oh, thank you for bringing that up too, because I think that's a very, very powerful tool because there's always something to not be grateful for. Yeah. And sometimes it's so hard to even see when you just have bad after bad after bad. And you're just like, is there any good? Yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes it can feel like your whole life is just collapsing. It's falling Mm -hmm. apart. But when you take your focus off that thing and focus on what you do have, I still can see or where it is that you do have, you have something to be grateful for. I think that's a very powerful tool. Yeah. There's a message in that mess. <laughs> what has the message been from your difficult thing? I think the message is I need to have these experiences in the end that I would not be able to be truly empathetic to others without that. And because of these experiences, I've been able to have just this growth. But I think empathy, because I think we can feel compassion for people, but there's something about me running into another teenager that has lost a sister or me running into somebody who has a child that has a rare genetic disorder or running into somebody with a sister that is an alcoholic. And it's almost like this bond that it's like, we have this bond. We're in this club together and oh. we can make it. We can make it. Yes. I know we don't want to be in the club, but 
the club has been what we need. That's where we felt God's love is being in this club. And there was probably no other way for me and my personality. Probably there's no other way for me to feel that unless I had to be initiated into this club. (laughs) Oh my goodness, Becky, that is so, so powerful because many times I felt that same thing, that there is no other way that I could have learned this thing that I could have gained this quality in my life. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing because I really sense from you that has given you that ability to accept because so many times that acceptance can be one of the most difficult things that we find against reality. But when we can accept that this actually can be a blessing for us to give us this gift of empathy that we couldn't have gained without this in this way, like you said, from your experience with your sister, But if I were initiated into the same club, it would feel such a strong bond with you. I already feel a bond with you because even though our clubs are a little different, we're in the club of trials. And so I have felt a bond with you. And I'm so grateful for your example. And I wish I was in the running club with you because whenever (laughs) I would see you on the road, I thought, I wish I were running with you and hearing. Oh, I wish you were too. (laughs) I would just love it. But I just want to tell you that hearing your thoughts today has just really strengthened me. And I know that you're going to be such a blessing to all the people that will hear your message. And so thank you for your courage to share. Thank you. And and sharing with us the gifts that have come through these very difficult trials that you're going through. Thank you so much for inviting me, Karen. I still remember (laughs) the first time I met you. And you were the sweetest, happiest woman. And then I met you like at Walmart and you remembered my name. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she is one in a million. (laughs) You're so sweet. Thank you. Thank you so much for being who you are and you are a light. And because of what you've learned, I just think it's so beautiful, the line of work that you're in now, because I would just want so much to learn from you. And I still want to learn from you. (laughs) Thank you for being a beacon of light, because really what you're doing is you're radiating the light of the Lord through you. I feel like the Lord is probably helping people see that light and be drawn to that light, because then you are turning them to the light, (laughs) the light of the world. (laughs) Well, that was really nice to say. I hope the Lord is using me as a light. I really do. I do feel that he is. And so (laughs) thank you for your beautiful example. And thank you for your, thank you for your love for the Lord that you can share with us to give us hope because we all need more hope. But most of all, thank you for being you. Oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate this opportunity, Karen. You're so sweet. Okay. Have a great day. Bye-bye. I loved hearing how Becky's faith has sustained her. Were you in awe when she described how she has felt God's love being in the club, so to speak? She really touched my heart, and I bet she touched yours too. Thanks for listening. I know you're busy. Did you know that you help spread the love by leaving a review and following? This helps increase our visibility so people can find us online. I really appreciate your help. I'm wishing you lots of love in your own hero's journey.